Hello and welcome to another episode of Flying High with Flutter. I'm your host, Alan Waima. Today I have two very special guests instead of a single guest. We have Anuj Kapoor. I don't know if I hopefully I said that correct. And Mihai Lazar. Uh, both of them work for uh, EF, which is Education First, based out of Zurich. Uh, Anuj is the senior project director, and Mihai is the lead uh, lead developer, I guess I could say. Uh, I think he's a lead web dev. And uh, we brought them on to talk about how was their transformation coming from basically a mostly web side to actually launching their own uh, app um, using Flutter and kind of what was the process. So I think this kind of episode would be very useful for people who are kind of on the fence if they want to or don't want to get into that uh, space and hear what the struggles are and what was the process. So maybe I can take it over to Anuj. Maybe you could talk about this from the business side. Uh, why don't you go ahead? Sure. Uh, so first of all, I'm Anuj Kapoor. I've uh, been working with uh, EF for 13 and a half years. I've uh, been working in this industry for almost 17 years now. Uh, it's just an interesting journey, which we had actually on how we decide Flutter. But before I actually go there, I will just give a bit of background on where we were. Uh, and then again, how we decided to where we are today. Uh, so we had... Uh, our website, uh, which is what we call Camp Cynic, uh, which was uh, built as a, as a standalone website. And what we had was uh, we had uh, apps on iOS as well as Android, which was again built in-house. Uh, that's a strategy which we started taking in 2012 and 2013. Uh, and that's what we were pursuing. Uh, of course, uh, since it's been long and our infrastructure on which it was built, we needed to redo and relook into that. Uh, we were actually a lot on fence on what strategy we want to take, whether we should even have a website and app approach or only app approach. Uh, with that, what we started doing was we started uh, having a big uh, discussion um, uh, with what options we have. Uh, again, mapping the options with our user base on what will make sense for our users. Uh, and as the first strategical decision, what we decided that we want to go only apps, so, which means that we do not want to have the website, at least not in the first launch, uh, for multiple reasons, uh, for business reasons specifically. Uh, and then the second thing which we wanted to tackle as part of that was do I still keep supporting and build a separate Android app or a separate iOS app? We looked at different options. Uh, so we looked at React. We looked at uh, React plus Flutter as well. Uh, we looked at React Native. Uh, uh, again, different options, different pros and cons. Uh, but the reason we decided then to finally go with Flutter uh, was the main thing that you have a much more native experience for both iOS as well as Android. Plus, our ability to expand that to the website if you want to do in future, right? So this will this makes us more future-proof in, in the sense, right? So if, if we, from a business, do decide that, yes, we do need to have a website, we can still keep our base code base and then still can expand that uh, and then build a website on top of it. Uh, so that was kind of an idea, right? So let me know if you want me to dwell much more into certain details. Uh, happy to do that. I mean, I'd like to hear a little bit from uh, more about like the tech side, because I think you guys must have tried from a tech side in terms of like which things mesh, which don't mesh, because you guys are already using React, right? So usually if you're using React, using React Native is just like, 
basically like there's no reason to ever consider why would you not right Mihai do you have any input on that I mean it was a bit before my time basically um, there was this uh, thing that started uh, kind of around the same time as COVID did uh, where the team at the time tried to do both a React website and a React Native, and they had some pipelines set up so that they would copy components between the two, and they tried to keep them uh, in sync, and nobody was happy, basically. And then uh, they did a few uh, proof of concepts, and they noticed that uh, Flutter runs more smooth animation-wise uh, and, and process-wise than, uh, than going the React Native route. Um, as a background, I also tried React Native uh, in the past, and I knew it was a world of hurt, so um, it was more like Will, will it be easy to ramp up with Flutter? Because with React Native, I already knew it will take quite some time. Um, and yes, I mean, getting uh, started with Flutter is like uh, you just install the plugins and uh, maybe install Android Studio because you don't want to, to bother uh, with uh, missing stuff that uh, you might with Visual Studio Code getting ready for the first time and file a new project and you're there. Uh, it already runs and uh, you can see it in the emulator, you can see it in the simulator. It's, um, it's that type of experience which I've never seen with, uh, with React Native. So it, it, it was not hard uh, to, to make a final call. We had the previous team's experience and uh, we had uh, our own experience trying to, to get started. How far did you actually experiment using Flutter? Because, I, I mean, after going through Flutter, I think you learned more and more, right? So I know that the team had a few large uh, meetings uh, related to all the benefits that Flutter would give, uh, how, how it runs uh, under the hood, how uh, it, it renders and... Uh, how it maintains the, the frame per seconds, I guess, or etc. I can honestly say I wasn't part of that, but I mean, somebody did the selling before um, we we even committed to to do to doing one or the other. But the other thing too, it's also quite interesting, is you guys are a .NET shop, right? So using C sharp, this kind of stuff is really part of your daily life. Uh, I think we, you and I talked a little bit before uh, about. Xamarin, right? But maybe you can let other people know who actually haven't looked at Xamarin, who maybe are going to look at it. What's your feelings about Xamarin and why not use that concern you guys are already using C Sharp? Xamarin is not uh, what we would like, basically. It, it, uh, it, it never was. And uh, I, can, I cannot say that uh, we spend any time uh, even focusing on it. Uh, it was like, we will fall back to Xamarin worst case scenario, but uh, fortunately, it was not the case for us. Um, what, what Xamarin is doing wrong is 
instead of compiling to native, they are compiling the entire .NET uh, framework. It's not even the .NET framework. I think it's the Mono framework, which uh, was an attempt at cross-platform and deploying that one. But I mean, it's just a totally different ball game and uh, technology-wise. They they are not where you would want to be in order to support mobile. Okay, yeah, I, I remember you said also. I don't know if you can talk about this, but you did say that you talked to somebody and and kind of like Xamarin kind of put them into a, Xamarin kind of built himself into a place where it's not scalable or something. I forgot what was the talk we had uh, a few months back. Now I think it was related to Xamarin on Android. Uh, what the feeling was at the time and still is, is that uh, they, they did it in a totally wrong way. So they will probably never get out of, uh, of uh, how the technology is uh, made to, to work, basically. Because they need to do a lot of uh, calls between uh, .NET runtime and the Java runtime. They need to match things up, etc. I can honestly say there's no reason somebody would need to go down that route unless they they really, really don't have uh, any choice or somebody does a very good um, business pitch uh, to, to get into Xamarin. UI-wise, Microsoft is not doing cross-platform the, the way that uh, they probably should. Um, but we'll see in a few years. If if I uh, see that they rewrite the entire Xamarin platform uh, for high performance and uh, hot reload experience, then maybe we, we will be there. But uh, it's not the case today, and I think it's going to be in the near future. And besides, we don't need it. We have Flutter uh, Actually, I'm kind of curious about, like, when you were trying the different platforms, right? When you just, when you booted up Flutter, like, what was your experience for the first time? Was it really like, wow, or like, at least for me, that was my experience was just like, wow, this is really fantastic because I did try going down the React Native route and I felt like suicide after trying to upgrade a couple of pieces. <laughs> that was my big thing. The experience was, this is how it should be. Uh, we even got uh, at Flutter at version 2. So I understand that there might have been some um, tough points uh, or rough edges, if I can call them that, with Flutter before. I will have no idea about that. Um, the experience was seamless, as I said. You download Android Studio, you download the SDK file, new project, and uh, boom. You, you start the emulator, you start the simulator, it just works. Uh, I, I cannot imagine something more seamless than that. It's like doing uh, .NET uh, when Windows Forms was a thing. File, new project, you had the form. Of course, there you were doing uh, drag and drop. Here you're doing uh, similar to what React was at the start. You just uh, put the blocks one after the other in their own uh, containers, let's call them that, and uh, 
it just works. Besides, and then the, the, the icing on the cake is the hot reload, where you basically have the web experience of React, where you would just type some text, save, and uh, it would refresh. It's just that this time, it, uh, sometimes it, you don't even see the refresh. You just see the new thing uh, appearing on screen. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that that's definitely true. Uh, I like how you say that this this is the way it should be. I I think that's Flutter set the bar for for me. I remember when I did my first iOS app, having to always click the play, and then right when it's about to get done compiling, I would say, "Oh crap, I forgot this," and then hit stop and restart it, and that was just horrible experience. I was dreading clicking the play button to see how my app would look. I'm uh, happy to say I did not have to go through that pain. You missed all the fun, but I have to say. Doing an iOS app and an Android app and then back on the Flutter, I think, gave me a lot more experience in terms of each platform and understanding some of the intricacies. For us, it's more like we're getting up to date on uh, each platform as we try to integrate plugins. Maybe that would be like the currently the one of the still hard points to, to grasp. Uh, because once you want to introduce something in Flutter, you need to do it across platforms uh, or most platforms, if, if not all. Uh, and now they do have quite a selection uh, between Linux, Mac, uh, Windows, uh, iOS, and Android. Uh, it's a technology that does promise a lot. Um, the runtime seems to be ready for it. Uh, again, with the icing on the cake being uh, the runtime, the, the hot reload uh, features. Uh, I assume are Dart specifically. I don't see why they would be something uh, limited to, to, to Flutter. Yeah, it is built on top of Dart, but I think with Dart, you have to do a little bit more seance, but Flutter kind of handles a lot of things for you. Um, so I, basically, Dart's got the building blocks, but then Flutter actually adds in some niceties to it because I'm looking at using Dart for rendering PDFs. It's got a really, really nice PDF engine. So imagine using Flutter widgets, but building PDFs with that, like you have center, row, all these things that are super familiar. So it's very attractive to set that up because right now we're using uh, Python and it's just a horrible experience. It's very slow and has to compile with, you know, the right libraries and everything else. So it was uh, quite painful. But uh, yeah, that's something to take a look at. Um, but yeah, um, okay. So you guys took a look at Flutter. As a tech team, you guys really liked it. You, this, as this is the point where you guys brought to the business to say, this is what we want to use, and this is why, and this is kind of what we can do with it? There were two sides. We were coming uh, from the team that was handling Campus Connect and uh, saying, uh, based on what we see, Flutter is the clear choice for maintaining uh, the digital experience that we want. And from the other side of the fence, uh, Anuj was coming with, could we use uh, communities from, from Salesforce? Um, and basically the battle was between uh, that. Should we continue with our Salesforce uh, background or should we uh, decide that this time we're still going to do it uh, in-house development? And uh, licensing a bit, uh, one over that one, <laughs> plus uh, the, the ability to control uh, some, some of the updates that we're pushing. 
Can we talk about that from the business side? It's very interesting to hear. Go ahead. I, I think what Mia is saying, right? So uh, uh, again, like as part of our discovery and choice of uh, technology, uh, we did look into a lot of things. As I said before, when I started talking, uh, apart from looking at React, we even went uh, a bit ahead of ourselves and we thought like whether we can use Salesforce communities. Uh, just to give you a background, right? Our CRM system is completely on Salesforce. Uh, and uh, this means all of our customers are already in Salesforce, including the bookings, which is what Campus Connect actually is uh, built upon. Uh, so communities was one of the interesting thing for us, which means that our data can be only in one place, and then we can just create this UI layer out of that data and uh, show to our users, which means less integrations, less data movement, and all that uh, uh, we run into different problems there, uh, of course, with Salesforce, uh, which is much more related to Salesforce. Uh, uh, and also the app, what is built on communities is not native. Uh, so overall, when we looked into all these options uh, from a customer experience, not again from me as a company where I would say more money, right? But from a complete customer experience, Flutter was a much better choice. It will give users much more native experience, much more rich experience. Uh, and this is what we want to do for our customers. We want to give them a platform which is not only giving them the bare minimum details, but a platform which really engages them, uh, something which I feel like going back and seeing what is happening. Uh, and, and that we definitely couldn't do with the Salesforce communities. Yeah, I mean, you guys are doing some pretty interesting stuff in terms of actually kind of gathering some data, right? Because you guys are really concerned about, okay, are they getting lost on this part of the wizard or or where are they actually visiting and what are they doing with the app, right? So you can help to, exp uh, what do you call it, expand and make the app better, right? Yeah, I mean, so what we want to do, again, from a customer experience, uh, uh, so our target audience is, of course, young students. And, and we want them that once they go to the app, uh, that's that's one shop for me, right? From the time you book, uh, you really understand everything about EF, what EF has to offer you, right? Uh, so we, of course, as EF, we have different products uh, which a customer can uh, buy uh, and enroll with us. Uh, and, and again, like the more you stay with us from a language perspective, right? The courses are expensive and we want to kind of show even before you as a student have departed, that your experience, what you expect actually when you go to the destination and you study with us, you already see that in the things which you're going to start using from us, right? And your first touch point is, is Campus Connect app. Uh, uh, and that's why it's extremely important. It's super rich in design. Um, uh, it gives you everything what you need. It's super helpful. Uh, and, and, and more importantly, it's super easy to use. And maybe we could talk more about what kind of features you guys actually have on Campus Connect because it's huge, right? You you can get plane tickets, uh, not even just the plane tickets, but also your itinerary, right? If there's like, uh, you know, not just plane, it could be a train, it could be bus. You guys really have a huge travel itinerary, not to mention like your events, et cetera. Can you talk a little bit more about the features of the app? Sure. Uh, so, uh, well, the way we actually always say is that we divided our student experience uh, into three phases. Uh, one is pre-departure, in-school, and uh, post-school. Before I go into that, just for you guys who do not know about EF, like what the business model is, uh, 
the whole idea of what EF is, is about learning by immersion. So uh, in a simple example, let's say you want to learn German. We have schools in Germany where you will travel, let's say from Hong Kong, you will go to Germany in our German school uh, and you will learn the language. You will stay with our host families. So you will completely be living as a local, right? So that is, again, in a nutshell, that's our business for language. Uh, now, from a customer experience perspective, how you what you can do in app is the moment you book with us, you get your app uh, and you can already start seeing how your course will look like. So you already start seeing the videos of the destination where you will go. You will be able to see your accommodation. So all the pictures of accommodation, we're going to be staying. Uh, you have an option, as uh, Alan, you just mentioned, uh, about your travel itinerary, how you're going to reach there. Uh, because again, from our perspective, like, you know, we have young students. So it's very important. Also, me as a parent, I feel secure that how my son or my daughter, uh, is going to go from Hong Kong to Germany, but also reach the EF school because nobody's going to go with this particular student. Uh, so you can actually book your flights. You can book your transfers, uh, which is transfers from airport to the actual school or your host family where you are staying. Everything is completely managed and visible on the app, which you can do. Once you go into the school, uh, you will have your onboarding checklist. You will see your class schedule. So you get this kind of view. You will be able to easily see, okay, which is my next class, uh, whether it's on Zoom, whether it's uh, uh, in a specific location. Uh, you can go and see, you can do upgrades. So if I want to change my accommodation, you can do that. Uh, so there's a lot of upselling part to it as well. Uh, uh, and again, I'm just doing an icing on the cake, right? Because there's tons and tons of features which we have. Uh, but from a customer perspective, you have the whole holistic experience on what you can get uh, from the whole EF experience. Yeah, it's a very big app. I think I really want to let people know that... Uh... Because there's some talk online that, oh, you know, you can use Flutter, but not for very big apps. But you guys really have a very massive app with a lot of different connections. And it's uh, it's quite amazing what you guys are able to put together in terms of all the structure. Because it's, it's a lot, right? You guys have how many different services do you have running? Just, I mean, I remember like around five at least, but you're smiling like it's really a lot, no? I, I don't even know the number. I mean, I don't know whether you know the number. <laughs> we hide it uh, very well behind this one. <laughs> Is it so? Is it so hidden well that even you guys don't even even know? Yeah, we know, but uh, we need to count a bit. Yeah, if you were to guess, maybe more than ten. The thing is that the Campus Connect is a system which is getting data from lots of other main systems. So you have a CRM system, you have a production system. Uh, we have our own learning apps, which is called Campus Learning. Uh, so and and Campus Connect is kind of sitting in the middle, right? So it's talking to all these different things and getting the data from them, but also sending the data back to them. Uh, because as a customer, I can do a lot of things on on uh, on Campus Connect, uh, but it's important that that data is actually goes and gets saved into the main apps, right? Which are the apps which are actually hosting this data. Uh, so there's lots and lots of integration which we have to and fro uh, with our different uh, applications. And again, just to add a bit more complexity, which again is more EF-related complexity, because we, as as EF, we are on this technology 
upgrade where we are actually moving our old legacy systems to new systems. Uh, but with that, the problem is that we still have old systems which are still running on legacy. And then you always have this constant battle on when you are building something new, uh, you cannot build everything new based out of only new system. You still need to, you know, get some data or support the old system, which which adds tons of complexity uh, on the architecture level and also like from the whole implementation perspective. Uh, so let's say that we have like uh, 12 right now. No, that was going to be like 50 because you guys had to, had to count. It makes you think like there's a lot. So it is a lot more, but uh, I'm telling you the ones that uh, we are uh, interacting directly with. Uh, behind the scenes, each of those will interact with uh, some some others. Um, but like, yeah, yeah. Pim is responsible for maintaining uh, some legacy, and that's why the number uh, is way higher because we want to sunset those once we get with uh, with the application into production, which should happen in a month. So, I mean, test them. Oh, it hasn't been launched yet because I remember we were talking a while back and you guys were planning to launch by December, I think. We did do that was the first part of the MVP, but uh, not everything will be part of it. Uh, there are still uh, things which have been worked on and now uh, we have a plan to add even more. Currently, the big uh, changes uh, are there. Uh, the layout is there, the most important aspects are there. We still want to, to do a lot more. It's not like uh, we're going to reach a point where we say, okay, this is good enough, uh, it will stay like this. This is the new way that uh, we will interact uh, or the, the customers will interact with uh, their uh, booking through this app. And we do have customers who don't have just one, but multiple bookings, and then uh, they, they kind of have a journey, uh, a, a much longer journey. And then what you said, right, uh, that yes, the idea was to launch in December, uh, uh, but just to let everybody know, right, one of the reasons why we did not decide to do that was because we completely over, uh, we completely reimagined the UX uh, so from what we had in December with the way our designs were of the app, uh, there were certain design elements which were not happy from a user experience perspective. And what we did was that we did again this project with uh, one of the UX designers where we rethought the whole customer experience. Uh, and this is one of the reasons why instead of moving in December, we are trying to move now. The plan is to actually go live with the app next month. Uh, we will go with the new designs. Okay. That, that makes sense. Um, maybe we can kind of go back to your, your journey, right? So you guys are saying, okay, this is what we're going to do with, with Flutter, right? Then what was the next step after you guys started? Because there has to be, I mean, there has to be some, some next step, right? Okay. So business said, this is good. Tech team said, this is good. Like what was the next step after that? Was it just really just kind of sitting down and starting to write out the app finally? Or what'd you guys do? No. The first thing was uh, to build like the blueprint that we expected and then to find somebody to uh, train the team and to validate the, the architecture with. After we got the trainer, which of course was Alan, 
Well, that's what I was hoping you guys would say, but I don't need to say, of course, because nobody at home knows except for us, right? Why are we even talking? <laughs> so basically, we had a, like, I use my uh, previous experience to come up with, okay, these are the, the, the bits and pieces that uh, I know we need to. Um, and you cannot build it just by um, using an experience that you don't have. And for that, we basically uh, went for somebody that can uh, can provide us, uh, the, like that we would trust to get us from zero to sixty, let's say, um, in in a short amount of time. Because we wanted to to go with an aggressive deadline, we knew that we have to do that, and uh, we knew that not everything will be possible. But um, at the same time, you need to build with people that have already gone through uh, iOS, Android, uh, as uh, like in a in a deeper sense. And for that, we that's how we basically got to, to you. Uh, and the reason that uh, we finally decided to go with Alan was this. Uh, podcast slash, I don't know, uh, video cast. What, what yeah, so, <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, actually, that, that's what I like to talk about, too, is like, um, because I'm sure finding some type of consultant or trainer to help you guys out, like, what was your guys' process, right? I'm sure... Oh, do you, do you have a podcast? No. Do you have a podcast? No. Oh, do you have one? Yes. Okay, this guy. It w there was a much bigger process, right? So maybe you can talk about, you know, what what was your requirements? So what were you looking for to give you the this, this safety feeling? And then what was, you know, what was the final thing that, that, that took it? And it sounds like the podcast really helped you in your decision making, but I'm sure that wasn't the only thing. So we were not, we were definitely not looking for uh, somebody that uh, had flattering their resume. Uh, that part we could have done. Basically, uh, the, the differentiator was that uh, we, we saw you doing the podcast, getting um, uh, people in. You basically went to the proper, um, how to call it, conference, I guess, uh, because you met with, uh, with Patrick uh, or he met you somehow. Uh, maybe you can tell us how that, uh, that part yeah so went. i can give you my side at least for this whole thing all of a sudden i got a message in linkedin one day from patrick and i see coo of education first so i used to live in china and now i live in hong kong so i'm very aware of ef i think i knew ef when it back when it was called english first i believe i think education first it was uh, a name change within the last 10 years no no no, no. english first is a different division uh, so EF has different, different divisions. Uh, so English first is another entity. I definitely knew EF as English first. And I thought that the name, the name was changed. So, I mean, I, I don't stay up to date because my English is, is, is good enough for most things. Uh, so <laughs> I, I knew of EF, right? And then when I got a message from Patrick, who is the COO of, of uh, EF, I was just like, is this a joke? Why is this guy looking to me? Because, you know, we're not a very big shop, but I think, you know, we we have some value or else you guys wouldn't have gone with us. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of my side. Mm -hmm. Your, your uh, pitch wasn't all that good at, uh, 
I can honestly say that that wasn't the, <laughs> the thing that uh, made it all happen. Um, but yeah, basically, um, we could see that uh, you had some experience. So we had like an initial meeting to to see a bit of what your portfolio was, uh, if it aligns a bit with uh, what we want to do. Um, training was one of the things that we definitely wanted. Um, and like you mentioned that, that you have it and you were doing some, some trainings in the Hong Kong area, uh, to, to get more people to, um, have their eyes on, on, on Flutter in a time where, of course, after almost 10 years, React was what everybody uh, is after. And React Native, because why not? If we have invested, let's go on the sunk cost fallacy and continue with it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, it was more like you were the, the one that differentiated yourself with the podcast and with uh, the, the training that uh, you were able to support us with. And the, the discussion was simple. We will go with um, three packages uh, from, uh, from your company. Uh, first is the training. Then is uh, the architectural uh, review and, uh, and POC bits. And then uh, the, the consultancy. I think that's four, right? Training, architecture. Or did I count wrong? You count wrong. Uh, it's training, architecture, and uh, consultancy. As far as I'm concerned, those were the packages. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, the training was like... Uh, and, and we did a bit of a mix, right? Uh, you had two weeks where you did a bit of a POC getting uh, the main bits and pieces of the app there. Uh, so we could have like our first release to uh, the iOS and uh, Android stores. Then we had like two weeks of, uh, of training uh, where you got us through uh, all the bits and pieces. Um, um, like we got the, the main things about, okay, this is a widget. This is how you work with it. Uh, and then uh, we went through the journey of uh, state management from uh, like um, what you would do with just calling set state and up to uh, using a uh, the, the block design pattern which uh, we kind of state. Um, and basically we said, okay, during the consultancy, if anything out of the architectural bits are not uh, fine-tuned yet, well, we can refine them during that period. So you guys are still using the block uh, pattern right now? Of course. Because I remember you were a little bit unhappy. You were like, ooh, this is, uh, this is not so clear to me. Because <laughs> there, there was some misdirection about, I think, uh, state coming out and events coming, coming up from the state or something. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, there was uh, our discussion between uh, communicating of communicating between blocks. 
which we're still trying to to avoid. So I don't think we we allowed in any bit any place in the app for one block to communicate with the other. Because the idea is simple. When you have uh, a business unit, that business, I mean, that business block should basically handle the logic for one use case. Um, once a use case communicates with another one or calls into it, basically that's uh, a disaster waiting to, to happen. So what I didn't like was uh, that um, on a certain in a certain place on the UI you would need to. I think you you offered two options, right? One was with a block listener uh, that would be able to listen and then uh, redirect, um, and that one wasn't. My my issue with that was just that uh, it should be placed in a component. Uh, with a good enough name that I know what uh, what to expect when I enter that code base. The other one was around um, um, having the block depend either on a or a, on a shared repository or depend on another block, which I think it's still uh, in the readme. If you go to uh, the the pub dev uh, for uh, the block design pattern. And there you basically take a dependency on another block. We still have a, an ongoing discussion about how blocks are created, because uh, I would like that to be um, hidden. But I mean, those are like, uh, I don't know, ice cream flavors, right? Somebody likes chocolate, some others, uh, they like vanilla or uh, something in between, uh, strawberry flavor. Um, that's, that's, those are the design decisions that each team will have to make. Um, but the design pattern itself is, it's good. I mean, you know, uh, what part of the app handles business, uh, what part needs to handle data communication, um, and then it's up to you how complex you want to make it. Uh, I think the most complex part is still the onboarding wizard, uh, which I think uh, you, including, uh, had some fun starting it up. But uh, other than that, no, we are able to maintain the orchestration in its own uh, small box and uh, things just... Uh, work as you would expect. Uh, the provider pattern is the same that you would find in uh, uh, React. Maybe it would be good to see Flutter reaching a point where they can introduce uh, the same um, as you have with React now, um, being able to just uh, use whatever from, uh, from the context. Although the design is quite similar, let's say, it's just maybe not not quite as uh, as nice to use. Like just use something, and then uh, you you get access uh, to it. Yeah, I, I I remember. I think to just uh, to add right, what uh, I think where we are right now on our Flutter journey, uh, 
like Alan, you and your team actually they've played a very crucial part, uh, right? From from onboarding us uh, initially to do the training and doing the whole scaffolding, what we mentioned, uh, and that was something really really critical for us, uh, which also gave us confidence and and also made us learn and like you know made made us much more independent, which we are right now to be able to do it on our own. Right. So so thanks for that. Yeah, I kind of feel like I worked myself out of a potential long-term position now. <laughs> if I helped it so much that you guys could do it yourself, right? Yeah, that was the idea. Anyways, we want to be independent. But yeah, I, I understand. <laughs> from from your point of view, it's understandable. From our point of view, you you did exactly what you were hired for. <laughs> yeah, so I, I basically, I, I didn't do MDD. Have you guys heard of MDD before? Maybe you want to say what the acronym stands for. MDD is called Mortgage Driven Design. So you want to make the code so complicated that you have to keep your job in order to keep everything running and pay the mortgage every month. So your mortgage is what's driving you to you know, continue <laughs> continue your work on this. So I did the exact opposite of MDD to, to keep this going. But you know what? I think... I think part of it, yeah, uh, was, you know, I brought you guys some experience. I remember we had quite a few phone calls where you, you were kind of asking some very good questions about, I mean, the questions were not really about like technical stuff. It's more like, you know, how do we get around Apple, right? And I think we gave you guys some uh, some opinions about what works, what doesn't work based on they're all the huge amount of rejections we had to go through. Yeah, but that's not uh, flood related. I mean, everybody goes through it with their ad. Yeah. But what I wanted to say was that Flutter is, is basically, once you kind of get a couple of the pillars done, then the rest of it just kind of flows and it becomes very second nature, I think, except for maybe some pieces of maybe custom paint or animations, things like that. Those are a little bit more complicated. Otherwise, I think once you get a couple of pieces down, it's just like, okay, how do I do this? How do I do that? What's the widget for that? Oh, there's a new widget for this. A lot of interesting stuff happening and it becomes very, very straightforward, I think. It does. Um... The experience in the first uh, few days of training was always that uh, it's like I'm playing with uh, Lego blocks, just putting one on top of the other. Um, maybe the biggest surprise everybody going into Flutter will have is uh, getting around uh, expanded and uh, flexible. Or, how how those interact uh, because i guess if if there is one thing that uh, stood out uh, while working with flutter is just that uh, overflow message uh, that that you get in uh, in development it's not necessarily that it uh, breaks your uh, app in production but in debug mode as you go across um, devices and form factors uh, it's impossible not not to get into uh, an area where uh, it's in your face that, uh, you know, this tag that you have might uh, go outside of the boundaries. I wouldn't even call it, a, a I think it's a necessary evil because, I mean, you need to make a call, right? Uh, as, as what are you going to do when uh, somebody is still getting a iPhone 5 somehow? <laughs> Or, or a small display on some uh, low-budget Android phone uh, that, uh, for some reason, supports uh, installing your app. Uh, we would all like to, to work on uh, iPhone 12s or 13 uh, Pro, if possible. Uh, but
Apple would also love it, I'm sure. Um, there are a lot of uh, form factors to, to keep in mind, and uh, that's where you end up struggling uh, after the initial uh, wins. But there's screen util, so uh, that helps. Yeah, screen util is a pretty cool thing, right? You just enter in the uh, the design sizes, the dimensions, and then enter in the other ones, and it kind of scales up and down based on the, the screen, right? Which is pretty cool. Yeah, and the other part or big part is uh, asset management. Uh, what you can uh, download from like some CDN, and what do you decide to pack with uh, with your app, like uh, fonts, etc. Probably that's also the, the Achilles heel of, uh, of Flutter. Uh, the, it's like whoever uses React Native has this uh, web processing uh, that knows how to handle uh, CSS and text in a certain way. Um, and uh, now they kind of threw all that away and they started anew, so they need to go through the pain of uh, deciding how big is this box in this situation, how big is in this one, how do we render text, uh, what's the ligature here, how much... Uh, baseline do I have? How do I align uh, items if I want to align them uh, text-wise, etc. Maybe that's also what uh, some people don't like. If if you have a big investment in uh, in CSS skills, those are out the window. But it's the same case with, uh, with Xamarin. Not only it's out of the window, it's uh, you also need to, to learn some uh, uh, weird uh, XAML behind of it uh, and define styles and resources. And, uh, uh, at least here it's a bit um, easier, but still that might might be the, the, the one part where Flutter still needs to, to grow or you need to grow into it. I'm actually kind of curious about, um, so you guys got the training, you got the support that you needed. Developing everything on your machine is fine, but what about uh, deployment and getting into your infrastructure? Was that much of a hassle or no? Because, I mean, you guys are a pretty big organization, so there has to be lots of tape to go through in order to get that done, no? No, there isn't. We are like um, a a small startup. Getting uh, access to our infrastructure is just um, pushing a URL which is behind uh, Cloudflare and uh, getting getting data in and out of that. Uh, and for that, uh, internally, uh, for, for the internal app communication, we, we went with uh, GraphQL just so uh, we, uh, we can decide how much of, of that, uh, that backend payload we, we get. No, it's, it's actually not, no problem because we have full control over our... Uh, Accounts, although they are within the, the organization, uh, everybody has been, uh, everybody that's administering have been uh, grateful enough uh, that uh, they've allowed us uh, full reign over what we're doing in our app. So it's like 
in a good day, in, in five minutes, I'm uh, up with a new version of Android, and then it takes another 10 for uh, Apple to upload. But other than that, to, to upload the, the, the archive, the app archive. So the biggest issue is basically Apple right now. Yeah, but even that can be automated. It's just that uh, it's, it's not a big problem. Uh, yesterday we were doing uh, three or four releases, uh, one after the other, as soon as uh, some stories or fixes were closed. Okay. So it seems like, okay, after you guys get the proper training, you're able to output a consistent amount of uh, updates. Everything seems to be pretty, going pretty smooth. Now, how about on the business side, right? When you guys first got your very first build of the app to now, has it has the app been getting better and better? Are you guys happy with everything compared to what you had before? Or how do you guys feel? In, in what sense? Uh, because the app is still not live, right? Yeah, but I mean, you should, be able to be, you should have been able to play with the app so far, right? Because I think you guys have a test flight and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Uh, I think what we are seeing, honestly, already is uh, is much much better than what we had before. Uh, again, as I said, like historically, we cannot do a proper apple to apple comparison because yes, we did had apps on Android and iOS, uh, uh, but they were hardly supported. So we then built them in 2013, and then they were never kept to update, which had a lot of features lacking. Uh, what we see is in what in like seven months or eight months i think uh, around that time we already have a functioning app yes we had a lot of back-end services already in place which helped us uh, uh but what we already have it looks way better than what we expected uh, and it will be already be a huge uh, or a completely different customer experience uh, for our customers do you guys have a potential date for when it should be coming out yeah, so we are planning to go live with our first MVP release, which is uh, next month. Uh, I think most likely second week of May. Uh, and then our idea is that uh, by September, we will be shutting down our website access. So the only way our customers will be able to have the experience is via the app. Wow, that's a pretty pretty big uh, bet, right? Because if the app doesn't work out so well, then you may be in some trouble, no? Yeah, of course, you always have those caveats, right? That's why we are going live. We're going to be doing a UAT, uh, a standard release process. We're going to be doing the UAT uh, first week of May uh, um, to see there are no red flags. Uh, and, and to Alan, your question, of course, if we end up finding something which is terribly wrong, we will keep our website up and running because right now, from a strategy perspective, we're going to have the website as well app running in parallel. So we will allow our customers to go to the website. They experience what they get today. They can still still keep doing that. Uh, but slowly, we're going to try to you know, shut down features from the website and, and move them completely to app. Okay. Yeah, that that, that makes sense. Do you guys picture any any issues or you think that you guys should be in a good spot by the second week of May? Uh, I think for MVP, yes, I think we're pretty confident. Uh, I think we have done a lot of hard prioritizations uh, to make sure uh, that we are in time. Which uh, So what we have today, which is uh, which is working in, in our QA environments or the test app, as I said, uh, uh, this is what we're going to go, be going live with. Right? So it does look pretty promising. We've done it before. 
uh, we've gone from uh, from Dev to QA just like it, uh, as if it would have been uh, going uh, from uh, a QA environment or a staging environment in production. So uh, we we know what's uh, what's ahead of us. We have the big breakdown, and we also know, uh, I would say, detailed what it would take us for, what it would take for us to be there. Um, so, and, and because the organization is not uh, just a, a small team of, of six, but we have expertise across uh, the entire stack, we know who to uh, go to in case uh, something uh, happens. Uh, but I'm quite confident that it's not the app. The, if anything breaks, it's not going to be the, the, the application. <laughs> it's going to be the backend services that uh, we are interacting with. Uh, so, yeah. But, yeah, I don't expect anything uh, major. Um, and after that, it will continue to be uh, doing updates. It's good to hear. Uh, I think we're about ready to reach our, our time. I know you guys have still working time for you guys. Um, is there any shout outs or anything that you guys wanted to give before we start to sign off? Because are you guys looking for more engineers to come join and work in Flutter or anything like that? We're definitely always looking for uh, engineers. Just uh, hit careers.ef.com and then uh, see about... Uh, I'm going to double check uh, the, the website and then uh, see for jobs opening in uh, Zurich. Sounds good. Anything... From you, Anoush? I'm going to echo what, what Mihai said. Uh, I think in, in our journey of Flutter, what we are is, is honestly the beginning. Uh, we have uh, lots and lots of ideas which you want to incorporate. Uh, uh, of course, with any app, we are focusing on the MVP part, uh, uh, but we already have enough things which we want to do for next two or three years, uh, uh, that amount of work. Uh, uh, so I'm just going to say again, the shout out, right? I'm going to again probably thank you, Alan, right, for helping us setting up on this journey initially uh, and making us independent. Uh, and yeah, and we're going to take it from there and uh, make sure our customers have a really great experience. Well, it's good to hear. I'm glad that we could help you out. That's an uh, important part. And um, by the way, you know, remember this shirt? I think Mihai should know about this, right? We talked about this when with Livio when we were talking a while back during my not so good pitch is that you guys were surprised I had the podcast. And then, uh, I think with Livio or you mentioned that I should have the logo on my shirt. So I got it just for you guys. If it came from somebody, it wasn't from me. <laughs> maybe, I think maybe it was Livio who, who said that then. Cause he was like, Oh, I had no idea. Why don't you tell me this before that you had a podcast? I was like, Oh, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I think one of you too, maybe it was Livio. He said, yeah, you should put it on your t-shirt. Okay. Well, I, I, I listened to you guys and got the t-shirt. Excellent. Great. Yeah. All right. Uh, thank you guys for joining. I really appreciate to hear about your, your journey and glad that we could be of, of help for you and uh, looking forward to the app coming out and hopefully good things from you guys after that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.